Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, where healthcare meets business, with your host, me, Dr. Karen Litzy. And just as a reminder, the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as personalized medical advice. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today we are doing a year-end wrap-up. So the best people to have on the program, bar none, Dr. Stephanie Wyrock and Dr. Jenna Cantor, co-hosts of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, entrepreneurs, uh, and female leaders within the American Physical Therapy Association, the Pennsylvania Physical Therapy Association. Um, so, and oh, and I should say Vivian Wyrock is also here making a very special appearance. So uh, thanks, Steph and uh, Jenna, for, for coming on and chatting a little bit today about the state of physical therapy in 2023. So welcome. Thanks, Karen, for having us. If you guys hear any baby coos in the background, that's Vivian, who uh, Karen alluded to a little bit ago. Yes, thank you for having us. And I, I, I'm excited about having a jur- this journey with the cute baby coos because it just brings a smile to our face the whole time. Yes, yes. good A good way to celebrate uh, the holiday season. Um, so a, a little bit later, we'll get into some personal sort of... Um, thorn and roses. So what was our highs and lows of the year? But let's talk about physical therapy as a whole. So before we went on the air, Stephanie, you had mentioned the value statement, the value of physical therapy statement by the APTA. So would you mind sharing that with the listeners? And then we can talk about what we all think of it. Yeah. So the value of PT statement was something that was put out by the American Physical Therapy Association. They partnered with a external research firm to basically look at a lot of the literature within the physical therapy um, profession and and figure out what is the highest value that uh, the consumer can get if they decide to see a physical therapist. How much money can they save? And so they came up with uh, a, a handful of conditions that are very Uh, backed up by the literature. One of them is carpal tunnel, urinary incontinence, low back pain, knee osteoarthritis. These are just a couple examples. And um, they published that in October during uh, National Physical Therapy Month and um, uh, also gave resources to physical therapists to pitch this value statement to the media. So really hitting hard on the marketing and PR of our profession and sending it directly to the consumer. So I think that was a really big um, achievement that we accomplished this year in the profession of physical therapy. Now, how many people do you think are utilizing those resources? That's that's a good question for APTA. I... I can't speak for everybody else, but I know that I really utilized it as a physical therapist. I contacted my local media. I got on my local news and was interviewed by my local news about the value of physical therapy, especially uh, as it uh, pertains to chronic pain. I've relocated now to Billings, Montana. And so our local chronic pain clinic, which Billings is a underserved rural area, uh, that and it's the healthcare hub for basically Montana, Wyoming, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and so it's a big hub. But they're closing the only pain clinic within the eastern part of the state. 
um, which is a big problem. So I utilized that in conjunction with the value of PT statement to pitch an idea to our local news, was interviewed on the local news. Great story. Um, and then I also pitched it to a couple other newspaper outlets, actually wrote my own um, op-ed for a local newspaper here in town as well. So I tried to really utilize those resources because a lot of the pitching that was done was actually pre-written material that APTA had already written. And then you just personalized it for the media outlet that you were pitching to. So I did that. And then also the social media posts were great. They were already pre-written. They had pre-written uh, social media things that you could even say. And then of course you could customize that. And so I feel like for me personally, the barrier was pretty low and the impact was pretty high in being able to churn that out and really getting uh, a, a ability to show the consumer within my community what a physical therapist could do for them. Yeah. And I did utilize uh, some of those graphics on social media, on Instagram and on on Twitter uh, during physical therapy month as well. Um, so I think the because, you know, what is the one thing that physical therapists are always bitching and moaning about? Nobody knows what we do. How can people don't think of physical therapists when they think of back pain? Why do they always think chiropractor? How come, do you know what I mean? So this is a, a, a good way to be able to, um, to utilize resources given to members by APTA. And those resources are still available on APTA's website. And if you guys go to the value of PT.com, you can see the value of PT statement and you can utilize a lot of that in your marketing campaigns within your practices to try to advertise or um, do direct to consumer advertising. Perfect. Perfect. Jenna, I want thoughts? to add to that uh, because uh, I have not used it yet only because I've had so many other things on my to-do list. <laughs> it's a lot of things and we're in the holidays. Who knew? However, a big thing that I'm going to be using it for is a little bit different because I work with dancers. I work with performers. So for me, I want to take the information when I start revisiting some of the places I already have relationships with as, as a physical therapist where I treat performers and also the ones I'm work been working so hard to make this big contract with a, a civic light opera in Pittsburgh musical theater uh, place, amazing place to, to start something really new and backstage care. But to have those as data points to bring up in our initial meeting will be key. So as soon as I saw that come out, I was like, oh, this is gold. I need to use this because then I don't have to start from scratch coming up with all the data. It's all there. Right. They've done all that work. It's incredible. Right. So it's nice to see that this information can be used to pitch your local media, whether that be newspaper or news stations. It can be used business-wise to help get new business into your clinic. And you can use it on social media. So you don't have to be a business owner. You don't have to have the guts to pitch to media, but you can put it on your social media pages as well. Um, so I would say that was a nice uh, high point for uh for physical therapists and for the APTA this year. And I think they did a great job during physical therapy month as well. So what else, what are some other big stories? So, um, and something that, uh, we spoke about before we went on the air 
is, you know, the rise of venture capital firms coming into the healthcare space, globally, physical therapy space in particular. Um, so what are, what do we think on that? I mean, I, I, I believe there's going to be, uh, that's one of the topics during Graham sessions, maybe it is, February? it is going to yeah. be a, a topic in Graham sessions in February, which I think it is something that we definitely need to talk about. I definitely don't fault practice owners for selling their practices to private equity firms. I mean, everybody wants to be rewarded for the hard work that they put mm -hmm. in over the years growing their business. Yeah. I totally don't fault anybody for that. I do think that we have to talk about it as a profession and really make sure we're judicious in how we're going about this. Because, I mean, even if you look in the physician space, how many private physician practices really exist anymore? Not very many. A lot mm -hmm. of them are owned by large hospital groups, private equity firms. And then what do, what happens to those providers when they lose that ability to control their business? They, there's a loss of autonomy. We also know that burnout is very high in healthcare and in the profession of physical therapy. And one of the things that has been identified in the burnout literature is that loss of autonomy is one of the main predictors and risk factors for developing burnout. And so if we are trying to solve this problem of burnout, but yet we're selling all of these private practices or all of these physical therapy, uh, physical therapy clinics to private equity firms, we are further pushing our professionals down the line of becoming more at risk for burnout. So if we're going to solve this problem of burnout, we really have to think about who we're going to sell to. Do they align with our vision, mission, and our values of what our practice has been? And are we really vetting these companies so that we are picking the right people to to take over the culture that we've tried to build in our business. Because if we aren't, if we're only going for the high dollar amount and not also factoring in how they're going to treat the employees that are left after we leave our, uh, our company, we could be in a, in dire straits and that could continue to, uh, proliferate this problem of people leaving the profession. Right. I like all of Stephanie's thoughts. For me, I have my own small niche private practice. And this is, I would say, out of my scope of knowledge and not even in my sites of conversation, because it's just not in my what I'm dealing with. It's not my day to day issue. I'm curious if we if I was in a room with a lot of people at this point in their career and their practice where their company is that successful and they are at that point of making a decision of possibly making that sale, them all getting in the room to better understand what issues they're dealing with at that point. Because that that to me is a higher level of ownership that's just out of my, I, I, it's, it's like me giving knowledge about how to be the perfect parent and I'm not a parent, you know? So to me, I, I can't really speak on it, but I think it's really good to learn about this going on. And I would be so curious as to what, what is going on behind the scenes? Cause it's easy to say everything. I, I hear everything you're saying, Stephanie, and that's absolutely legitimate and a great concern, a very important concern to have, but what is it like 
for those actually in it, who've been there, done that, who are in the process of thinking it or where it's their goal. And what are the options? You know, is there an array of options or are all the options not good? Or are there actually good options that can protect the profession? I have no idea. Yeah. And I, I think would the actually, answer is it depends. I would actually argue, Jenna, I, I would disagree with your point of that it that it's not something that you I know it's not something you're thinking about because you don't feel it really affects you. I would argue that it affects you a lot because if we're having all of these medium sized or even single sized private practices bought up by these private equity firms. I mean, it's like monopolization of the market, right? And so it's going to push a lot of these small business owners out of the ability to compete for potential clientele. And then now you're getting into that that um, predicament of scarcity mindset versus growth mindset as a private practice owner. And that's always a dangerous kind of mindset to get into. And if we're not able, if, if, if smaller private practices, even niche private practices aren't able to compete with maybe these larger brands or these larger private equity firms, you know, that's where the small business owner is really affected by it. So even though maybe now in a, you know, in a um, small like area that you're at right now, it may not affect you. But if this is something that continues to proliferate, it could easily kill the single owner private practices or even, you know, uh, you know, Karen has her concierge practice in New York City. I'm starting a single person in-home practice here in Billings. I mean, it's hard to compete with people like that if they're offering better prices or, you know, I mean, it, it, it's economics, right? And also, I think you you go, when you go into business, you should always be thinking about how you're going to leave it. And you may leave it as it, you're just leaving it, and that's it. You may leave it to a future employee. You may leave it to a family member or like I've had uh, VCs reach out to me about my practice and it's just me. You know, I'm not I, I, I'm not ready to to have that conversation with anyone right now. Well, it's not just me. I have another therapist that works with me. Um, but um, so they're out there and they're watching like they, even for a small practice like mine, I've gotten contacted many times already by people looking into buying my, but quote unquote, buying my practice. So you, I, I would, you may, Jenna, you may not think you're ready, but there's, there are people out there watching, right? So as you're getting contracts with these different um, musical theater, ballet companies, believe me, somebody's watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're going to they're going to look at you and and your practice and say, wow, she's got all these contracts. What is that worth? And how can we take it over or take it over in that maybe they'll offer you money for it or they may sweep in and undercut you and then you're out. Because they can do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's where right. I think as as solopreneurs or very niche or small practice owners, that's when relationships are everything. Right. So creating like Jenna, how you said, I've been working, trying to get work with these people for months now. Right. Trying to get their in into their uh, into their community and you're putting in the work. And so you're creating those relationships. So even if a big company says, are we they're going to say, you know, we have this. We love Jenna. 
she's she has done X, Y, and Z for our dancers, and we're sticking with Jenna. You know, we don't want to be just another cog in the wheel. We want this the care that we've been getting. You know what I mean? So for people like Jenna and myself, it's like we really have to work hard on those relationships because we're not part of a big overarching company that can give pump money into us or can prop us up using another uh, facility. So that's where relationships are everything. And Jenna is, if Jenna, if nothing else, you are good at relationships. <laughs> you are really, really good at creating relationships with, with people that last. And to your credit, that's why you were able to move to a completely different city and start up a practice and get it going pretty quickly. I would like to thank uh, my childhood trauma of losing <laughs> friends and start all over. And because of that, I really value friendships. <laughs> True story. <laughs> See, the, those childhood traumas, they come in handy as you're as a It dog. does. <laughs> my friends are very important to me. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's where... And that's how smaller practices have to stand out, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how we can make those comparisons of, okay. yeah, maybe we have, we, we maybe we cost a little bit more or a fraction more at the end of the day, but look at our service, look at our commitment and look at our, our, our constant vigilance to do good. So that's just my opinion on that. Um, I love that. I mean, I think that that's, I think that's where we need to make sure that we stay is within that, like I said, that growth mindset versus in the scarcity mindset, because that's the only way that I think our profession is going to be able to maintain our ability to uh, maintain our ability to be autonomous providers. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to be able to keep going for anything. You have to have that growth mindset. Scarcity just makes it miserable. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, we'll go around and talk about kind of our rose and thorn of the year. So the rose would be a really high point. Your thorn might be something that was a little more challenging. Um, so Steph, do you want to start? I bet I can guess what the thorn is, but let's, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll after you say it, I'll see if I was right. So go ahead. What, well, what was your, what was your, Let's start with the challenging or the thorn and we'll finish on the high note with the rose. Well, I think I'm actually going to tell you the rose first because it okay. leads into the thorn. Okay. It's been, it's been an interesting year for me, for any of you that um, aren't familiar with my yearly experience, I guess. So the, the, the rose was that I gave birth to Vivian in May. So she is uh, at the time of recording this podcast, almost seven months old and that has been awesome. Uh, I've also been able to take a seven-month maternity leave with her, which has been amazing. The challenge has been I gave birth to Vivian, and then uh, my husband completed his residence or his fellowship in Connecticut. He's a forensic pathologist. A month later, we moved across the country from Connecticut to Billings, Montana, and um, I have been working on starting my own practice here. So all that has happened within a span of six months and it has been very challenging, but it's also been really exciting at the same time. Um, at the beginning of the year, uh, 
I'm like Karen. I always choose a word of the year to kind of define my word and and entrench my decisions around that word. And this year's word has been embrace. And I feel like I have really done a good job embracing all these changes, preparing myself for these changes, and um, also trying to really step back and enjoy the time that I have been able to get with my family. Dealand was able to take, my husband was able to take three months off of work, even though we were super busy packing up our stuff, making our move. It was still nice to spend all that time as a family. It's been really nice moving to a new community and getting to know that community, making connections and forming relationships with other healthcare providers within the community, um, with the people of this community. And I've really have enjoyed my, um, my time here in Billings, Montana. And I think it's a really great place for our family at this point in our lives. And it's been nice to go, it's been interesting to go from the fast paced life that you have on the East coast to a very like relaxed, just chill kind of life out here in the open, big spot guy spaces of Montana. So, you know, a lot of people when I moved were like, wow, you're moving to Montana. That's so cool. It's like the place to be out, uh, according to my patients. And it really has been awesome. I feel like I've found a lot of autonomy here. We have a ton of freedom. And um, I would say our stress is a lot less out here, even though we've been facing all these changes. But don't you miss coming to New York for Christmas? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's my first year in five years not coming down to the tree and texting Karen and be like, hey, Karen, are you at your house this weekend? We got to go see the tree together. <laughs> I miss the Macy's Day Parade and the Rockefeller tree, but hey, New York will always be there. That's okay. That's okay. Jenna, how about you? What was your highs and lows, your rose and thorn? Okay, my I really like Stephanie's. That was that was good to it was also a catch-up because I didn't get I didn't know about that part of some part of that. Well, I knew the first half, but I didn't know the thorn part. So you're you're freaking doing it, Stephanie. I'm always proud to know you my I'm gonna start with the thorn so then I can end on the positive my thorn and there's been a lot of challenges this year but I'll do one that I think is a good one to bring up for any private practice owners I invested a lot of money in an individual I'm not going to say the name um to uh, who made me a promise to elevate and make my Facebook ads successful he made uh promises uh and did not follow through at all halfway through I said "Ooh, I need to jump out of this. Um, and he got me stuck in this. Um, oh gosh, there's these, these payment for, uh, platforms like Klarna, where when you sign on with say, say you're going to pay, I think it was like 7,000 for me to hire this individual for a year. Um, he had me, uh, sign up with Klarna where Klarna pays him in full. And I'm essentially taking a loan out from Klarna. And then I pay back slowly Klarna with interest. So he gets paid right off the bat and then slowly with interest. And because he didn't even get inch close at all to like achieving this goal, the goals six months in. And even uh, he said he would be able to start achieving it one month in. So like for like, whoa, he said all oh, the magic words. Well, he, he definitely agreed. And it was fair because I'm a business owner myself to refund the money. I even got it paid. Um, and he was doing the, um, it took a while. He kept coming up with reasons why he wasn't getting back to me via text, email, nothing. 
Um, you paid off a couple months, but I am now officially ghosted by this individual. And I have to now, and it gives me stress even bringing it yeah. up. Like it's a reflux stress. Uh, Cause now I have to go to small claims court for the first time in my life, but it's enough money to mm -hmm. do something like so I'm not posting on social media about this or anything, but I think it is an important conversation to have because we deal with this. I've spoken to other private practice owners. They're like, oh yeah, this, that happens. These are things that like where you make a bad investment, you have to consider. We have the options for me. It is worth it going to small claims court, especially because I have a contract, but that is a big, it just stinks. It just stinks that this even happened. You know, I had so much trust. I All I wanted this to be was successful to me. It was worth every penny to be investing in this. And I do not have money like that floating around. For, right. You know, this was definitely an investment. Uh, me going beyond my means because it would bring back more money for my business. That's the thought. And it just, it honestly did the opposite because it didn't heed results. My right. positive, um, my, my positive for this year. Ooh, I, I got to choose one. Um, I'm going to say two. I'm going to cheat and say two because it's like people saying what your favorite color is and you just want to say rainbow. Okay. So uh, one is I'm teaching, I'm uh, in the process, I'm recording January 3rd, uh, three courses on MedBridge right now on how to um, treat musical theater dancers. And I'm just so thrilled. Like I'm over the moon about this. Cannot wait. I also going to see some friends when I'm there, but like, Oh my gosh, so excited about that. And the second one is I have my dance PT program and I didn't post on social media about this. Uh, one, I just keep forgetting it. And one of the people who attended was like, uh, um, well, that wasn't the point. I was like, I mean, that's true. The point wasn't of this event, but I did a retreat with several of the dance PT program alumni. We met for the first time, hung out. And it like, imagine these like good friends you make and you've known them for a bit. And like, you finally get a meet and hug and like bond and then do things for your businesses at this. Oh my God. It was amazing. So the fact that those two things happened this year, absolutely incredible. And I'm, I'm very grateful. Awesome. And Jenna, what I would say, and for all the listeners out there, a lesson learned on your thorn part of it is vet your vendors, ask for referrals, references, call those references, email, do whatever it is you have to do to make sure that the person you're giving a substantial amount of money for is legit. So you will never make that. Look at it this way. You'll never make that mistake again for the rest of your life. And from here on out, it's just smooth sailing, right? Oh, I think you are so, yes. What Karen just said, F write down that list yeah. of things to do. Make it a list, follow those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> well, I think that's the one thing that I really have appreciated about the private practice community is the fact that people are so willing to tell you what mistakes they made along their the way of their business and then just making mental notes of those and trying to, you know, improve the next generation of business owners. Mm -hmm. What about you, Karen? What's your thorn and rose? Oh, yeah, um, I would say thorn wise was, um, oh, maybe getting COVID for the very first time in November and missing the private practice section uh, meeting 
Um, so I would say that was probably the biggest thorn. And I was disappointed um, to not be able to go. I mean, I didn't miss it at the time because I was, you know, recuperating. Um, so I would say that was probably the thorn is that my first COVID experience, which, you know, knock on wood, I had a sore throat for three days. Um, and then I actually felt okay. Um, so that's probably the thing that sticks out the most for me as like a thorn. And then the rose is that, um, I made it through my 15th year as a private practice owner, um, this year. So that's pretty exciting. And the practice keeps growing and diversifying um, and the podcast, thanks to you too, is going, um, going strong. And, oh, I was made a Jane ambassador. So Jane is, um, for those of you who have a private practice, they're an EMR and electronic medical records, and they're really nice. They're the, I love the platform and I was made, um, one of their ambassadors this year, um, so that was good too. That's awesome. Did you have a fun, did you have a big 15 year uh party for for you and and Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but um uh perhaps we'll do something next year. Um or maybe well we still got a couple days till the end of the year. So hopefully we'll be able to meet up and have a nice dinner or something like that. Um so I would say those those were my uh, roses and thorns of the year. And, um, Steph, do you have a word for next year picked out yet? Or are you still mulling it over? So I have two that I'm trying to think about, and maybe you can give me some advice on this, Karen. So obviously the big things that I want to accomplish this next year is I really want my practice to hit the ground running. I really want to make a difference within the community of Billings. My goal is to treat about 10 patients a week because I also want to make sure that I am having time to hang out with my two daughters and my mm -hmm. husband now that we have like, now that my husband has a good flexible work schedule and um, we have a little bit more freedom and autonomy to kind of figure out how our life is going to, what it is going to look like. And so the two words I'm trying to decide between are intentionality and focus. So I'm definitely open to advice. Uh, focus, I feel like I like that one because I think it gives me um, pinpoint accuracy on the goals that I need to accomplish. But I feel like intentionality is good too because it helps with appreciate, With it has more to do with appreciating the moments, appreciating the journey. Um, but also you're being very intentional with who you're interacting with and what you're doing. So that those are my yeah. thoughts behind those two. I mean, they're both like completely different vibes, you know? I know, right? Folk and I don't I know what vibe I want. Yeah, well, you'll have to figure that out. It'll come to you. It'll come well, to you. Just what, think about yeah. think about the vibe, like what you're trying to put off, you know? Focus. I mean, I like intentionality because I think it's a little more encompassing. Broad. Of, yeah, and personal and private or personal and professional, because like focus, like personal life, like 
what does that even mean? You know, it's like when you have a toddler and a newborn, how is that even possible? But you can be intentional about the time you spend with them. So you can choose a word that can span both your professional and personal life. So maybe intentionality is the right word then. I don't know. You got to sit in it for a little bit. Yep, I'll have to sit in it. You guys will have to just uh, see what um, my social yeah. media says on December 31st on <laughs> what I decide. Jenna, what about you? Do you pick a word or a vibe or something for your year as you start? That's a great question because I do this workshop uh, virtually called Leap with Passion with my friend Rhonda Music every year. And I absolutely want to give her credit because I've been doing it with her for probably more than a decade now Mm -hmm. and so it's this whole process but if I was going to choose a word for next year I would use the word celebrate the reason why is because there's always going to be obstacles and I, I absolutely lean towards going toward down the rabbit hole of negativity and why I'm doing everything wrong why I'm not successful why it's not enough you know, so for me, I want I want my word to be celebrate just off the top of my head. So I'm going to go with that. Lovely. That's a good word. That's, That's a great. Good word. Well, this year, mine is not one word. It's just a phrase. Ooh. So it's something that really stuck with me and it's perfection is boring. So that's, I'm just going to keep that in mind as I go through the next year, that perfection is boring because I'm always like, it has to be just so before I do this or just so before I do that, or I want this to be exactly right. And I'm like, no, boring. So um, that's going to be my mantra. How did you come up with that phrase? Uh, Ted Lasso. Ah, look at look at the things you're learning from television. Look at Ted Lasso, how great it is. It was from the it was the episode where Roy asked to be a diamond dog. Um, For those of you out there that watch Ted Lasso, it wasn't an exact quote, but that was the the gist I got from that conversation. So if you haven't seen that scene, you can just go to YouTube and look up Roy Kent asked to be a diamond dog. And it's a really, really great scene. Vivian gets it. Vivian oh, gets yeah, she, it. She definitely gets it. Um. So yeah. So that's kind of where I got that, and it really stuck with me. And so that's what I'm. That's what I'm going with for 2024. I love it. Yeah. That's well. Great. Um, we are going to wrap things up here. Um, but I just want to thank both of you from the bottom of my heart for being such good. Well, first of all, such amazing friends, um, because I'm so lucky to have the two of you in my life because you are amazing people and and even better friends and for being part of another year of healthy, wealthy, and smart. So I thank you for your interviews and your dedication and your time. Well, thanks, Karen. Thanks for being such a great friend to us. And Jenna, thanks for being a great friend to me as well. Um, I, I'm sad that I don't get to see you guys as often anymore, <laughs> but I love that we're all big conference junkies. So, you know, we do get to see each other in person quite a bit. Yes. Yes. I'm so, I feel so lucky to just, yeah, the, the, the way my friendship has just naturally grown with you, Karen, is just incredible. Very, very organic. And Stephanie, I'm just grateful that when I see you, it's like no time has passed and I can just like talk to you about whatever. There's a definite trust in like un, uh, unending support, no matter what. And, and I just feel lucky. And that's the friendships I love. 
Well, sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> jazz hands. Um, well, anyway, uh, thank you so much. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in each week and taking the time out to listen to the podcast. I appreciate it, as does Jenna and Stephanie. Um, we will have links to the APTA value statement in, uh, no matter where you're listening, whatever platform you're on. So if you want to read that over and get those resources and get it out to the public. And as a final plug for myself is there may be something coming up next year that will help all of you PTs with your PR, specifically for physical therapists. So stay tuned. Um, and everyone have a very, very happy new year and a very healthy 2024. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to leave us your questions and comments at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com.